there are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. C go away. Go I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward, along with a special segment, Oddities with John Mallard. Welcome to October's episode of Paranormal Heart, your monthly paranormal podcast. New episodes are released the last Sunday of each month at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can find us on Podbean, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Paranormal Radio, SparkRadioNet.Work, as well as IamDarkWaters.com each Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern. As always, don't forget to show the love and hit subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube, or follow us on Podbean or whatever platform you are using. If you have had paranormal experiences you'd like to share, or have topics or guests to suggest, just drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. Folks, I can't believe it's October already. And if it's October, you know what that means. It's Halloween. Anyone who's into the paranormal waits all year for this. It's our time of year to embrace all things creepy. And when I start seeing Halloween things next to the back-to-school supplies in the stores, I don't know about you, but I get so excited. And for this Halloween episode, I have a great guest. But before I get to my next guest, here's John Mallard with this month's oddities. Let's see what weird things John has found for us this month. Over to you, John. Hey, oddballs. Welcome to this month's oddities. Strange facts about an odd, odd world. That are very, very true. Hey, oddballs, I got some bad news for you. It's true. You're gonna die. So, to cheer you up, I found some very strange stories about death to talk about this month as our oddities. Admiral George Goncavalvis shocked his loved ones when he showed up very much alive to his own funeral. The 59-year-old Brazilian bricklayer had spent the night drinking with friends at a truck stop and didn't know he was, quote-unquote, dead until his funeral had already begun. During the night, he'd been misidentified as the victim of a car crash, and in keeping with Brazilian tradition, the body was buried the next day. People are afraid to look for very long when they identify bodies, police explained regarding the badly disfigured corpse, and he added, My two uncles and I had doubts about the identification, but my aunt and four of Adamir's friends said it was him. The crash victim was later correctly identified and buried by his own family. Thank God. Do you want ghosts? Because this is how we get ghosts. <laughs> Moving on. When Levan's wife died in 2003, the 55-year-old Vietnamese man was so heartbroken that he took to sleeping on her grave. After a year and a half, he decided to dig a tunnel so he can get closer to her. But that still wasn't close enough, so Van dug up his wife's deceased... <laughs> 
God, he dug her up, filled it, oh God, out with a clay to make her look more lifelike. Yeah, like, you know, nothing makes her look better than to fill her with dirt. And put her in his bed so he could sleep beside her. Oh God, can you imagine the smell? Five years later, she was still there. And both Van and his son hugged her every night before going to sleep. Local authorities found out about the morbid arrangement and told Van to rebury her, citing sanitation laws. Sadly, he agreed. I'm not like normal people, admitted Van. No, you you, you definitely are not. And dude, hate to tell you, but your wife, totally dead in the sack. Moving on again. <laughs> Till death to his pardon, James and Lolly Becklin had been happily married for 59 years. On the morning of December 12, 2009, they were sitting together in their Florida nursing home watching television when Lolly, matter-of-fact, told an aide, I'm going to die today. The aide returned to her a short while later and found that Lolly had stopped breathing. Moments later, James, 79, also died of natural causes. They didn't like to go anywhere alone, their daughter said. And uh, even from the great beyond, I think that story is kind of cute. You know, it's, it's probably not as moving as that up movie. You know, I, I have to think the Up movie is very depressing, but also very cute. Anyway, that was your oddities for this month. Guys, I hope you really enjoyed it. Back to you, Kat. My next guest has had a most fascinating career in the paranormal. She has experienced pretty much all aspects when it comes to the weird and frightful. She's an international public figure, television personality on several paranormal shows, researcher, and gothic collector. She has also helped so many people who have had experiences with the more intense paranormal cases that would make the most seasoned investigators shudder. I am honored to introduce to you Michelle Desrochers. Hey, Michelle, welcome to Paranormal Heart. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited that you uh, you agreed to be on the show, and um, I know that there's a, all kinds of my listeners will be excited to hear you. Well, um, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll try to make it as entertaining as possible. <laughs> now, unless people have been living in a cave or under a rock, I'm sure pretty much everyone's heard about you. But just in case there's that one person, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into some questions? Well, shout out to the one person. Thank you, Rochelle. <laughs> ah, she'll be tickled to hear that. <laughs> uh, most people uh, will know me from probably the most recent television shows, uh, Paranormal Survivor, um, Haunted Case Files, My Worst Nightmare. Uh, realistically, I've been researching and filming for the last 17 years. Uh, my research company and... Um, media company is Canada's most haunted. So we are a fully fledged insured company and, um, we do specialize in research and helping people. And, um, we do have a, you know, a spinoff of that for all of our media. Nice. So like I said, I'm sure, uh, everyone's pretty much uh, heard of you, but you never know. <laughs> well, I'm sure, you know, there are people out there who live in caves and stuff. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, well, I mean, everybody knows me, but, uh, you know, kudos to those that do. <laughs> so I know you were raised in what you refer to as a paranormal family. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have basically, from the time I was very little, have you know, been able to see dead people, so to speak. I've had multitude of experiences um, going back to, I remember being three and four years old and just seeing people in the family. And um, whereas most people would just shrug that off, I was very fortunate that my my family was very encouraging of it. Well, at least my mother was. My father was just sort of like, you know, not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom was like, oh, that's nice, dear, <laughs> you know, but she would also show me photographs of family members without leading me and just saying, oh, you know, and leave them out. And I'd say, oh, you know, I saw this person or I, I know who this person is. And it was never discouraged. I, you know, if I had an imaginary friend, it was pretty much not so imaginary. And it was never, you know, I was never made to feel silly about it. So my mother's like, ironically, both sides of my family um, are, um, are very intuitive. And, uh, my, like I said, my father just wouldn't go there, but my, my mother's family were all very vocal about it. So I could go to any one of my aunts or my grandfather who taught me so much before he passed away, uh, and still does from the spirit realm. He has led me, 
um, down so many paths that have just been unbelievable, you know, and this is, of course, in his afterlife. So uh, I've been very, very fortunate that way. You most certainly were because there's a lot of children uh, growing up who'll see things like that and they can't tell their parents or the parents say, you know, it's what your imagination, you know, you know your imaginary friend and um, they really don't have the support. They don't have the support and it's sad because most who do know me do know that I work primarily in malevolent hauntings yep. or alleged demonic attachments and infestations. And um, a lot of these situations occur because children are targeted. They have a beautiful light about them and entities are attracted to them. And, you know, all it takes is that parent to say, you're being silly. Don't be ridiculous. You're being stupid. I mean, these are the things that I've had children tell me that their parents have said to them or their caregivers have said to them. So they shut down and they won't talk about it. And the next thing you know, they, they are either being tricked into thinking they're dealing with a nice little friend or mm -hmm. they're being bullied by an entity that's scaring them and it keeps them silent and it, and it forces them into invitations and these things come in and then they start wreaking havoc. And I've talked to adults who've had this happen to them as children mm -hmm. and they have taken this attachment through adulthood. It's very sad. Yeah. It's, um, if they could just have more encouragement from family and friends, uh, the paranormal is a lot more acceptable now as it was, you know, compared to even 10 years ago, but it still is kind of a little bit of a taboo. People still are a little hesitant to talk about it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not for everybody. And some people are very, you know, frightened of the thought of seeing an apparition, um, you know, even a friendly one. It's just not for everyone. But I always try to advise people that I'm working with when it comes to their children, because I've worked with many children, and it's just essentially to not discourage them. It's like you don't have to lead them, mm -hmm. but don't mislead them either. Just let them talk. They need to be able to come to you if they're not feeling safe or if they're feeling confused. Just try to give the advice. Whether you believe in it or not, something is making them believe it. Exactly. So don't shut them down or you're, you're all going to end up in trouble, <laughs> potentially. Yeah, because yeah, they're experiencing something that's very real to them. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So do you remember what your first encounter was and were you traumatized by it or did you deal with it relatively, you know, did you have the support as well? Uh, fortunately for me, the, the encounter that I remember being the first and, and maybe there were others that I, you know, spoke to my mom about, but the one I vividly remember was Christmas, um, at my grandparents' house. I always remember Christmas at my grandparents' house. It was just always just special, you know, and I was probably about four years old, and I remember walking into their living room and seeing a man standing there in a suit, in a black suit, and his hair was sort of slicked back, and he just looked over and smiled, and I remember smiling, and I come running out of the living room, and my mother sees me. She goes, oh, she says, you know, what are you all smiles about? And I said, the, the man in the living room. And she goes, oh, she goes, was there a man in the living room? I said, yeah. And she says, oh. And she said, well, she goes, maybe, you know, maybe we can find a picture or something, you know, because my grandparents had photos all over the mm -hmm. walls. And she just said, kind of said, you know, maybe just walk around. She goes, was it anybody over here? And I looked and looked and looked and looked. And I, I found my grandfather's brother who had been the last one to pass away within like probably six months. So, you know, there he was. And, uh, my grandfather just smiled and said, yeah, he said, you know, he comes, he comes here for all the holidays. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, that's <laughs> being, being a kid going, that's all right. So I really didn't fear it. It was just very, very comforting. I love how your mother didn't make a big deal out of it. And she just said, oh, let's go look at some photos and see, you know, do you recognize anyone? I really like that. And I think if children grow up that way, they grow up to be more of well-rounded adults later on. I agree. Um, you see, she didn't lead me. She didn't say you're silly. She just mm -hmm. says, oh, well, okay. Because you, you think she thinks logically, well, what would a spirit be doing here? It mm -hmm. is Christmas. And the way she was raised, basically, was you, you don't fear things like that. You know, um, they're all very intuitive. My grandfather and his, his family and mother and grandparents, I mean, they were all through the roof, intuitive. Yeah. So, you know, th they didn't, they weren't raised to fear it. 
she wasn't raised to fear it and and didn't discourage it. She just kind of let me do my thing. She goes, oh, well, you know, is it anybody you see? And I looked and I looked and I looked and, you know, and I went, yes, that man right there, you know, and um, I thought, wow, that, that was very nice. It just showed me. And, and I kept that in the back of my mind, you know, how spirits do not, um, they're not completely gone from your life. Mm -hmm. They really do participate in the special moments. Um, they don't really wander too far. You know, he wasn't grounded. He was, you know, full color and he was smiling mm -hmm. and it was great to see. Do you still see him today? I do not. No, but that house has been long gone and mm -hmm. um, my grandfather's been long gone. He was very close to my grandfather. So I imagine when my grandfather passed away, I started seeing people in visitation more than anything. He used to come in visitation a lot in dreams and um, whenever... Oddly enough, whenever somebody would pass away, whether it was a sibling of his or a child of his, you know, like my aunts or uncles, um, whenever the next visitation would take place, that individual would be added to it. And it was odd because I remember my grandmother talking about this type of house she always wanted, her little dream house. And she died like 28 years or so after my grandfather and whenever I would see my grandfather, they would be in the living room of the old house. But yet when they were on the exterior, it was this new house and it was painted this really light yellow. And even if I had pets die, <laughs> I would see my pets running around there. Hmm. Um, and then again, every addition would be there, either gardening or walking around and just smiling. And which it just validated to me that everyone was together and they were building this, this home, this location this dream home for my grandmother and That's oddly enough when my grandmother died i don't really think she wanted anything to do with my grandfather for a little <laughs> while <laughs> so i have never seen her in a visitation dream at that house oh that's, that's strange. strange yeah hmm. that she was mad at him <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe my grandmother could hold a grudge man <laughs> yes so. women can carry it <laughs> oh, yeah i'm pretty much thinking so <laughs> but no. it's very comforting you know, they really did their best to reach out. And my grandfather has reached out many, many times. So it's awesome. Nice. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I hear a lot of people say that it seems to be mainly females in the family who have these abilities and not not too many men. Um, and I personally feel that perhaps that could be because women, we like we talk more about what's going on with us. And men are a little bit more closed about their emotions and whatnot. But what are your thoughts on that? I have mixed thoughts about that, really, because um, I know so many gifted individuals, uh, both male and female. Um, women are emotional creatures. You mm -hmm. know, we think with the, the right side of the brain, which is emotion and intuition and caring. And, you know, when we go through puberty, especially, I mean, we're, we have strong enough emotions when we go through physical changes and emotional changes that we can create our own poltergeist. And we do it again at menopause, you know? Um, mm. So we are, we're very tuned in, very in touch, but I'll tell you, um, my grandfather, uh, he was a guy's guy <laughs> all the way through <laughs> and through. And uh, he was super intuitive and his oldest uh, son, the same. He seemed to take it one step farther, you know, and then I took it one step farther and um, you know, they were very pleased with that. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I completely agree with that just because of the amount of gifted people throughout the world that I'm, I'm proud to be affiliated with <clears throat> from, you know, both sides of the fence, so to speak. Hmm. This, this is going to sound like a strange question, but do you get weather headaches? All the time. Huh. I find I've been doing a little bit of research on that. There seems to be a correlation with people who have uh, sensitivities with the paranormal, and they're very, very sensitive to the weather change. I think it's being sensitive to energy mm -hmm. on average. Yeah. You know, because, um, I mean, boy, when that changes everything, like I find the whole, my whole environment feels different when, when the pressure outside changes. Mm -hmm. I feel mm -hmm. it in my head. Um, I'll even feel it, again, you know, living in a haunted house. Um, I really feel them around a little bit more and uh, thunderstorms and such 
electrical storms, especially, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. things crazy in here. It just amps everybody up, you know, or in the winter, you know, the same, so much mm-hmm. static in the air, just easy for them to move around in, I guess, but Maybe. the house is really active. <laughs> so, yeah. Now I, I know, um, I did a little bit of research on infrasound the past few years and, um, the reason why animals pretty much tell us that, sorry, I had to move the cat out of the way. <laughs> she wants to walk <laughs> on the desk. <laughs> Speaking um, of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I found that uh, with the little bit of research I've done on infrasound, um, earthquakes, storms, especially electrical storms, right before it's it's uh, leading, it's being led by infrasound, and that's what animals are picking up on. And I feel that perhaps us sensitives are just sensitive to infrasound as well, but that's still that's still energy. Absolutely, absolutely. There's so much that we don't realize, you know, about our environment. Uh, so much of it is about frequency. And mm-hmm. I end up, I, you know, I find, I'll back up a minute, I, I end up with some very interesting clients, you know, many who I've, I've gone on to call my friends because you've just worked so closely with people. Mm-hmm. I can't just look at somebody as a client unless they completely lose touch, you know. And I have found over the last, probably year or so many months year and such um i've met some very interesting people who do very interesting things and one of these people has a knack for working with planetary uh frequencies and he can do incredible things and he explained to me that even animals such as you know mammals especially like whales Mm -hmm. You know, he, how they're tuned into frequencies. He says, yes. when I do work on frequencies, he goes, I can literally connect to these animals. And he goes, and sometimes there are other beings, you know, out there that mess with the earth's frequencies and mm-hmm. it messes with us. So I think frequency on average, we have to learn how to ground, like keep us focused so we don't kind of. We don't get affected by all of these little things around us that change, such mm-hmm. as, you know, pressure headaches, like when the pressure changes or when the moon goes full or, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> just, just little things that we're all so, I mean, you know, we, we just, we're so capable and vulnerable in so many ways, like as strong as human beings can be, we really are very vulnerable to so much. We sure are. Um the human body is just so fascinating what it can handle and what it's so sensitive to. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But cause you know, you look at, at things like we don't know what our, I'm going to, I'm going to go out there. We don't know what our governments are up to. <laughs> <You know>? and, <laughs> um, Do they know, know what they're up to? Yeah. You know, put fluoride <laughs> in our water and everything buggers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mess with our pineal gland, you know, <laughs> keep us 5G silly. towers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, 5G right there. There's a whole frequency thing oh. that's going to mess us up, yep. but it's just one example. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So I think, I think learning um, how to ground and stay focused and, and keep your energy grounded would be a definite plus. At least it is for me. And I find it helps a lot. Grounding. So how, like, because you deal with a lot more intense cases than, than I do, um, cases that I don't even want to look at or even l- consider. So mm-hmm. how do you deal with being sensitive to all these various energies and entities? Do, are there coping mechanisms or anything that you have to do? At first, at first, there were definitely coping mechanisms. <laughs> Again, grounding, you know, mm-hmm. forms of protection. Um, I find that as time went on, um, I just had a better understanding of it. And I always remembered my grandfather saying to me, you have to have a healthy respect for everything. Mm-hmm. Everything has its place and we don't really have a complete understanding of what everything is. So, you know, you can't go in there and just assume what works here is going to work here. You know, you have to, you have to pay attention. And if you show fear, I mean, you can feel fear, but if you show fear, you're essentially going to just draw attention to yourself. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you, and it's true, you do. I mean, I had an attachment for many, many years. So when I come into a situation, I speak from experience. 
I'm not just somebody who's just like, okay, hey, you know, I read a few books and I wanted to start a team or join a team. And mm-hmm. I really came at it from a perspective of what I went through. And there wasn't internet back then, showing my age a little bit. But, <laughs> but so, you know, so um, I had to do it the old fashioned way, <laughs> you know, go mm-hmm. to a library and do some research. And, and it's not like there was a lot on the matter back then, you know, there's not a whole lot. So for me, the closest I could get was, um, you know, uh, a, a book on witchcraft, which was just about saging, protecting yourself by saging and cleansing your space and things like that. And, and how it was important, you know, for your, your, your mindset to be strong. And it's something that worked for me, uh, until I discovered, you know, the book, The Demonologist by Lorraine Warren. I'm like, see, these people know what the hell is going on right here. So, yeah. you know, that was that for me after I that. I read that book but, too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. But you know what? It, it, it made me realize how important mindset really was. And, my, and I understood what my grandfather meant. Um, because even when we can clear people, it's still a matter of working with them with their mindset because it will be their biggest enemy in the end. Not every little sound is going to be something scary and malevolent. Mm-hmm. Not every little thing they see from the corner of their eye is going to be something to worry about. You know, when you're doing a cleansing, because I like them to kind of do some maintenance, you know, I teach them how to do grounding. I said, it's important. Things just won't latch on as easily because you'll be more focused, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I, try to teach them that it's important for them to put power behind the words that they use whatever gives them comfort and gives them strength while they're cleansing their space to put power behind the intention of the clearing or of the cleansing you know it's really important because it gives them that control and that's what worked for me it's mindset i can go in and i'm very unorthodox in how i do things i don't do traditional investigations not that I can't but why am I going to go communicate with something that people want out they don't care why it's there it's terrorizing them I'm not going to go but it's not that I'm not walking around you know with a with an audio recorder or a video recorder or it's not that those things aren't happening but I I get loads of stuff just with things when being they don't like to be ignored so if I'm sitting there speaking with the homeowner you know, things are trying to draw my attention and I've got growling coming through the, the audio recorders and hissing and name calling. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. see, that's what I'm looking for. And I'm doing it without inviting, um, without inviting communication, which is important for them because I get to go home and they get left behind. Yeah. And then you, and then you have something saying, well, you wanted to talk to me half an hour ago. I'm not done. And then it just go and it escalates, you know, so no, I'm not interested in doing that. I, I've, I've been doing this a long time. I have a pretty good idea of what I'm looking for and what mm-hmm. I have to do. And, uh, and that's the way it goes. I find a lot of times I've told clients in the past, if they're mothers, I'll say, uh, use your mom voice to say that they're not to be in that home anymore. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have a little bit more of, of, of uh, fierceness behind it. And you're going to put your foot down and say, not today, like you need to leave. So I said, mm-hmm. if you use your mom voice, then it's going to be, have a little bit more power behind it. At least that's how I feel. Well, it's true. You're not wrong. Um, it, it's it's giving them whatever it takes to give them or make them feel like they're in control. Yep. Sometimes the act of smudging, for example, it's a way of making them feel like I'm doing something. I'm accomplishing something. I'm taking my space back. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... I have a long waiting list for people who want me in person, really. I mean, I always prioritize children. If children yep. are involved, um, you know, uh, I can go, go, go. <laughs> but I've seen people that I've worked with behind the scenes. I'll say, this is what I need you to do until I can get there. By the time I get there, they've cleared their own homes. Nice. Like, it's pretty interesting. If, I mean, people are strong, mm-hmm. but they're made to feel vulnerable by some of these these entities or spirits and you feel vulnerable you don't know how to protect yourself sometimes all it takes is just being taught what to do and then you can do it yep agreed sometimes just having like you said if somebody thinks that they can't do it sometimes just having someone like yourself teach them the correct methods 
and mm-hmm. making them feel like empowering them. Exactly. It's all about empowerment. Mm-hmm. And it's also making people realize that acknowledgement is empowerment. So while I'm empowering them, the more they acknowledge what's going on, the more they're empowering this this thing or or spirit individual um, in their space. You know, um, everybody everybody seems to think that oh no, you know, the Ouija board gets the bad rap. Let me tell you something: it's not just the Ouija boards. With modern day technology, it's phone apps, it's pendulums, mm-hmm. it's ghost boxes. Any form of communication is an invitation. I say it all the time. You know, so people have to really be careful what they're going out and doing if they're not taking precautions to protect themselves, you know, especially people just getting started. I've had, I've done cases, my gosh, where people go to these huge haunted locations, you know, like really crazy haunted locations and they, they come back with something Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, well, you obviously, you know, I don't know if they're not maybe teaching people. Not everybody looks at it as it's our job to help you protect yourself while you're here. Mm. You want to come on a ghost tour or you want to come and investigate. Here's the location we're providing. But I think it would be really awesome if people could just say, look, you know, this, this is a really crazy place. Um, things have gone home with people. Um, you should take precautions to maybe protect yourself or ground yourself and maybe have someone there to do a quick, just a quick run through with people. Mm-hmm. Um, because things come in and you have no idea, you know, sometimes it could be six months down the road and you're thinking, what is going on? There's something yep. in here, right? They have time on their side. They don't have to just amp up the second they cross the threshold. Yeah. You, you kind of read my mind for my next question. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh, it's all right. <laughs> just wondering what advice would you have for people who some refer to as armchair investigators and by that I mean the people who watch the television shows and think hey I can do that and they don't really know about the dangers what advice do you have for them wow. oh man educate yourself you know I, I get messages from people saying yeah I think it's time I get in the paranormal what advice do you have for me I'm like <laughs> oh man you think it's time <laughs> just like that all yeah. right. Well, <laughs> you just woke up. <laughs> I know it, it's, it's not, it's not as simple as that. You know, um, first off what you see on television, you're getting an hour, you know, and even from the shows that I've done, you know, you're crunching a few hours of filming into literally 10 minutes. You know, if you're lucky a little bit more, um, there's so much that goes on during a production of, of these shows that you're watching, you're looking at the best stuff that was captured, maybe over 12 to 15 hour investigation, or sometimes longer, all crammed up into an hour, mm-hmm. take away all the commercials. Yeah, maybe you have 40 minutes. So there's a lot more to it. But if you really, really want to get out there and get started, then go on, go to a controlled environment, go on a ghost tour. They have them all over the world. Go to a haunted location. Go to a para-convention. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these, these paranormal conventions will have, you know, they'll have um, an investigation after the fact that can people can participate in. And, you know, usually have a really interesting location to go to. And you usually do it with people who have experience. And you are with other people who are like-minded. It's a controlled environment. At least you can be taught how to use equipment you can ask questions, you can take photos. Uh, and like I said, you know, it would be nice if some people do talk a little bit about how to protect yourself, um, you know, ground yourself, whatever. So things just don't latch on so easily. But if you find after something like that, you're still really interested, then don't stop learning. But just don't think everything you read online is accurate. Mm-hmm. Not everything online is accurate. Not everything on YouTube is accurate. You know, you might have to really start delving a little bit, catch, you know, you can online maybe find an author or someone who's very versed. You may have a book out there that you can get in and, and you know, pick up a pick up a book and read it and, and just never stop learning. I make a point of learning one new thing every single day. Most of the time it's more, but I don't let one day go by <laughs> where I haven't learned something. Yeah. I used to... Um... A few years ago, we started hearing about uh, people giving uh, classes on uh, paranormal investigating. And at first, I used to kind of make fun of that. 
And then I started thinking, you know, that's really a good idea because they're going to be, hopefully, they're, they're qualified people teaching these classes, but they're going to show them the proper way and actually know how to use the equipments and know, uh, like for the FLIR, for example, when I first got my FLIR, um, I went around everything and I was touching things, the back, my dog's back. And I would have the handprint for a good five minutes, even on her back, the wall, trees, furniture, you know, trying to figure out, okay, I'm get, I'm getting something, but why? So for like example, for the FLIR, if I walk ahead of one of my team members and I happen to touch the wall, they don't know I was there and they come with a FLIR and they see a handprint, they're like, oh, hey, we got something. No, that was just me wa- that walked by. So learn your yeah. equipment and what it can and cannot do. And just because you're getting a reading doesn't mean that you have something you got to you have to delve a little further so I really like the idea of these classes now yes um you know but again you have to do your homework because everybody has a class you know really do your homework how long has someone been doing something Mm -hmm. um you know how how versatile is the class what does it cover you know um what are the credentials of the teachers well, yeah. I, I mean, there are people out there who, who charge a ridiculous amount of money and say, well, now you're certified in this. Well, mm. there's not necessarily any true certification for that. No. You know, you have to put it forth, um, you know, as a way of saying, look, if this is just take what you can out of it. This is what this individual is, is able to share with you and keep expanding on it because People are a wealth of information. It's not like you have to be in the industry a million years to do it. You can be mm-hmm. in, in, in the industry for a handful of years, you know, and everybody learns at a different rate. Yeah. And everybody, everybody has their own thoughts. But you have to understand that it's one person's perception. It's all about perception. We all perceive things differently. We all do things differently. We see things differently. We experience things differently, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not just like, well, because this this is the way it is. This, this doesn't mean that's the way it is at all, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Perception is huge. I've, I've used the uh, example before. Um, people think there's something demonic in their house. But it just winds up being like if you get a team to go in, it's just some entities getting really frustrated trying to communicate with them. They think it's demonic because things are flying off the the shelf or whatever, but it might not necessarily be something malevolent. It's just something's really frustrating trying to get your attention. They know that, you know, if you just paid attention that perhaps you could talk with them. So it's all perception. It is. And I think. Like, again, it gets difficult, even with myself, because I do work primarily in these type of hauntings. And, you know, I try to tell people, no, it's not always this. Sometimes it is just a really frustrated spirit. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's nothing. Sometimes I am dealing, you know, with with uh, people who really hardcore cases. I do have to ask a hard question and ask for you know, maybe a psychological assessment, yep. um, history, you know, of mental health, things like that. And it's not to be mean and rude. It's just because it is a very fine line mm-hmm. as to how how the brain works and how we perceive things. And sometimes, you know, um, you do think you're hearing something that's maybe not really there. But then again, there's just been an article recently released by, um, I wish I could remember this, this um, psychiatrist's name, but he basically came forth and said, I think some of us have been getting this wrong because we've been diagnosing schizophrenia when we should have been diagnosing demonic attachments. I almost fell off my chair. I'm like, what? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) This is amazing. You know, so I think it, it, Hmm. um, it's hit and miss. If you have one person, for example, in the household experiencing something and, you know, you don't have any of the other, um, conditions that a lot of these demonic attachments or hauntings would have, then you have to think, okay, well, there's something centered just around this individual and nobody else is experiencing anything. That's when you might have to say, well, would you mind having an assessment, you know, or a second opinion? And mm-hmm. and I usually require um, permission, you know, from whichever physician they're working with. Most will give it, no problem, as long as, you know, I don't try to discourage going off medication, things like that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they are misdiagnosed. Sometimes there is nothing. Sometimes it really is something in the house. But Honestly, an aggravated spirit can cause a lot of of upset 
in this space, you know, yep. and they can go around making you think you're crazy. You know, you're always, yeah. you know, knocking on the walls or, you know, knocking on the tables or, you know, knocking things over. And a lot of times hauntings can cease just by explaining to the spirit individual that I'm not capable of hearing you or seeing you. I'm not being rude. You know, I just, I don't hear you or see you. And I'm sorry for that, but you mm -hmm. passed on and you should look to the light because you have family waiting or wherever, you know, the light or wherever it is you want to say, please look for your family. They're waiting. You know, um, you just have to look behind you or above you or, and because if they don't realize that they're passed on and they're just trying to communicate, they must think people are just rude as crap. Right. Yeah. Know? <laughs> you know, like you're rude. I, you know, I'm sitting in this chair. You just wander in. I'm saying hello. You don't acknowledge me. You know, and they get frustrated. And I and I can completely understand that. Or some investigators that'll go in, and um, it, again, it could be grandma that's in the house, and she's not malevolent, yep. and they just walk into the house, not being respectful, saying. Who are you? What are you doing here? Almost like oh, I, I use the yeah. example. I'll walk into your house, Michelle, and say, hey, hey, Michelle, is this your house? How long have you been here? Instead of walking in and saying, hey, you know, I'm Kat. How are you? How long have you been? You know, exactly. Be exactly. respectful. I if, love the whole show yourself. <laughs> I demand you to show yourself. Yeah. You just want to cuff them upside the head. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? No, exactly. That I, good? I, again, that's an invitation. Who are you to invite and make an invitation in somebody else's space. Mm -hmm. You know, who are who? Some researchers go in and they just start just going off like that. It's like, who are you to make an invitation in someone else's house and then leave? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think we need to show more due diligence as researchers. And even when I teach people how to do voice recordings, for example, you know, if you have a spirit who doesn't realize they've passed on <laughs> and you're like, is there anybody here? And the guy standing in front of you, <laughs> look at you going, oh, I'm going to have fun with you because you're an idiot. You don't even know I'm standing right in front of you. So I try to teach people, you know, look at the environment. Um, like this is different, of course, for mediums who don't want to see photographs. But if you're, if you're a researcher and you're going in to do um, EVPs, look at the photographs, look at the environment and try to get a feel for what maybe the spirit is sensing you know, and then ask questions based on that. If you're in a historical location, ask productive historical questions. You know, do you know mm -hmm. what year it is? Do you realize, you know, like they, they may not realize that they've passed on. Yep. So you might want to suggest, well, you may not realize this, but, you know, you have passed on. What is the last year you remember? You know, things like that, mm -hmm. say, like, because otherwise you go in there, anybody here, and they're standing there. <laughs> You may as well just like bend over and let them give you a kick in the rump because <laughs> that's just pretty much how it could possibly yeah. go down, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like you said, they might not know they're dead and, hey, someone's in my house, so that's why they're yeah. angry. Yeah. You're in my house. Intruder alert. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so Exactly. <laughs> so honestly, I, I, think, I think sometimes this is where, you know, when you talk about armchair investigators, mm. where – if you don't properly educate yourself, you get it wrong. What to do and what not to do, you know, in, mm -hmm. in a paranormal investigation. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people also don't realize that, like, again, you know, you film for 15 hours and you come out with like 40 minutes of pretty okay stuff or really amazing stuff. But there's a lot of time spent there. You have, you be prepared to spend a lot of time at a location and not get anything in hopes of maybe at least getting one thing. Yep. You know, but don't, don't make it about the evidence. That's got to be one of the worst things that you see, you know, on, on television. You, you mind you, I like some of the, the newer stuff is coming out. They care about the family. You yes. know, they want to help the family. It's not about what they're going to come out of it with. It's like, I always say, if somebody calls me and says, I really need your help. I don't look at it and say, well, you're lucky I'm here. <laughs> I look at it as thank you for trusting me. Thank mm -hmm. you for entrusting yourself and your family to me. Thank you. That it's, I take it very seriously. It's an honor, a real privilege to have someone put so much faith in you to just take the load off, even for just a little while, mm -hmm. just so they can breathe easy and realize somebody's got me. They're not going to let me fall. I'm okay now. Yep. That's, like that's how it has to be. 
like you said, they trust you. You're going into their home. Yes. Yes. They're, they're exposing themselves to mm-hmm. you. Literally, I mean, not literally, but well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, you know, maybe they're deep, dark secrets, you know, they're, That's a they're different fears. kind of investigation. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but nobody wants to admit, you know, that or very few people want to admit that I'm scared. I've gone into places, big burly guys, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and they, it takes them a while, but they'll finally sit and look at me because, you know, it's usually the spouse, the wife, like, oh my God, this is going on. I'm terrified. The kids are yeah. terrified. And dad sits in the background going, yeah, I'm cool. I'm all right with it. I'm just appeasing them, you know, but after a while they relax and they'll say, you know what? It's frustrating for me because it's the one thing I can't protect them from. Right. Yeah, it takes exactly. a lot to expose in that way to, to someone and admit things like that. And, um, you know, admit you feel vulnerable yourself. It's, it's huge. It's really huge for these types of, 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 um, hauntings. It really is. I find the uh, big burly men, you can see, excuse me, in their body language and in their eyes that they're really (laughs) not okay. (laughs) No, it's true. It's true. You know, it's, it's, it's sad. Um, I don't think people realize, you know, the intensity of some of these um, types of infestations or hauntings. Um, you know, I've had people just cry and break down, and I've had people grab me at the door and fall to their knees. I've had people hug me and not let me go, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just like hold on to me the whole time I'm there. I'm just like, oh my goodness, okay, you know, I understand. Mm-hmm. And I do, I understand. I've been there. And um, I'm there for them. I've been in situations where I'm interviewing a family and all, you know, I've got chaos going on at the other end of the house. Like I hear them knocking and banging and walking and, mm-hmm. and the family's just staring at me and I'll just send one of my researchers. They know I don't even have to open my mouth. Like my team knows exactly what to do. My eyes don't leave the family. I just sit there very calmly and I'm like, it's fine. And my researchers go off and see what the issue is. And I don't leave it. Things trying to take me away from the family just shows to the family, see, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, we can make them leave. No, it doesn't work that way. I never leave the family. That's great. They must have such relief when that happens. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, this is... What I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are researchers out there who are, um, they want to investigate the public places. They want to investigate, you know, to get the evidence, to get a better understanding of that. And, that, and that's 100%. I've been there. I've done it. Mm-hmm. I still love going on public investigations. You know, I, I get invited to many. I'm like, yeah, if time allows, I'm all over it because it kind of puts you back to the basics. I'm so backed up, you know, with people in really bad situations that uh, it's like, I don't, I can't, I can't allow myself to go out and have fun investigating when my time is better served elsewhere. Yeah. And it's, it, I've chose to make it about the families and that's, that's what I do, you know? And, um, I'm, I'm happy with that. Busy, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, yep. but I, I'm happy with that because that's the calling you can't be good at something and not give back and mm-hmm. not pay it forward. You can't, you know, you can't do it. I, I, I can't do it. Have you ever had a situation or an encounter that scared the complete crap out of you and you just had to step back and just kind of collect yourself and, and go back in? Um, hmm. <laughs> I guess <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty fearless. I mean, I, I, not that I wouldn't jump if you if you came darting up from around the corner at me, mm-hmm. you know. I'd be like, heart, heart, heart. But yeah, get back in your chest, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I really, I really try to stay focused. I think the haunted forest in Romania was a bit of an eye opener um, for mm. for me personally, um, and and my two team members that were with me because we were out of our element for sure. And, but I mean, I researched it fairly well without getting into, like, I don't want to know everything about a location. When I go, Mm -hmm. I really want to try to have my, my own experience. We found out so much more about the location after the fact. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And we had things happen that were just mind-blowing and fascinating. But we realized this there's something here that is it's just so far out there that it's it's okay. When the ghost box, you know, says go now run, which oh. I don't run ever, but I I gracefully <laughs> left the stage, shall we say. <laughs> but when, but when I when I look over you know, you have a skeptical guy sitting in there in the in the group, and he goes, "I don't think that should be happening." <laughs> skeptical guy points out there's a tree line folding down onto itself. You're kind of wow. going, and the box says, "Go now, run." You're kind of like, "Yeah, yeah all right. Yeah. I think maybe we should be respectful." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and the thing follows you back to your hotel. It's like, all right. And the whole oh. time in my head, I'm going, "Acknowledgement is empowerment. Don't do it." <laughs> the phones yeah. are going off the hook, and you know, and. And you just see, I just sitting there checking my emails going, don't, don't acknowledge it. Don't yeah. even, don't even. <laughs> you know, it's got to like, be difficult though, not to acknowledge it. It just, can definitely just even, be difficult. Yeah. Just even just to say, you know, you're really bugging me, go away. Oh I, yeah. I'm usually much like that. You know, I'll get growled at and it'll be kind of like, well, I'm really sorry you're having a freaking bad day, <laughs> but don't think you're going to give me a bad day. You know, like I love that like attitude. That. You know, oh, I you do growl back. <laughs> Oh my God, you hear me on some EVPs and it's just like, oh, baby's having a bad damn story. <laughs> you know, things like that. And I, was, oh, 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 I know, I know it's terrible. <laughs> but, you know, but it's just because I, I just, I have taught myself not to give into the fear. I have mm -hmm. to say though, recently I helped a family and they sent me a recording, um, like of, of, of all kinds of stuff. They're just videotaped, different things going on. And this thing, you know, I must have got 30 clips and they all had something in them. Amazingly, it just blew my mind. But one of them in specific, I'm listening to it and I've got my headphones on and it sounded colossal in size. I mean, it just sounded, I mean, it was, it was so deep and it had range, which, uh, which says this thing sounds really big. Mm -hmm. And old, it just sounded old. And it might have been because of the fact that it was speaking in what I think was Aramaic. I don't even really? think it was Latin. Hmm. And it went on for a while, and my skin just tightened. I was like, oh. like every psychic sense in my body went, holy crap, this is big, and it's in that house. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Great. So, <laughs> can't wait. You know. So, <laughs> so you know, I brought on my my uh, trusty remote viewer, and I went, "Boy, we're gonna have a good time tonight." And she's like, "Oh, <laughs> nose, right?" Oh, I'm like, "I know you're excited, and you can't hold back, but that's okay." You know. <laughs> so, I I work the poor girl. Believe me, I work her hard, but she's she's a trooper, and <laughs> she goes in and. Uh, does whatever I tell her to do in there. You know, I'm like, this is what I need you to do. She goes, but I see it. And this is what it looks like. I know. I know. It's all good. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> if you say so. So she's a champion and uh, sec second to none, second to none. And I always say it. And, uh, you know, but I'll tell you something. It, it, it took us, oh God, an hour and 20 minutes to clear that property. Whereas a normal clearing might take us 20 minutes. Wow. That's how much was there. And what, is it because um, it was so old? This thing was old, absolutely. Um, they they lived next door to a really bad property, mm. also abandoned place, which all you know people would go into and do ceremonies, and, you mm. know, old abandoned house. Everybody goes there, animal sacrifices and such. It was quite you know wow. sad, you know, but um, but you know, they weren't that far away and things have no boundaries, they're not bound by timers physical space they just wander and and things you know you have you have a lot of uh, a lot of targets there so um it didn't take long and it, it's still a location that many months later i i still make a point of making sure that we check in on regularly and we still pull things out of there because we even clear the other property uh, but people just keep coming to it so until hmm. that family decides to move i i, I don't stop because it's not a one-shot deal. No. You know, I really try to make sure that, um, you know, we take care of the people that we help. Yeah, so when I hear that some investigators go in and uh, they only go in the one time and they don't follow up on the family, that really no. bothers me. 
Oh, there are shows you see on television that shall remain nameless, but mm-hmm. um, they are they are very much that, and it's very deceiving because people get the idea that the family has been helped or they've been helped, and they really haven't been. You know, um, but you know, again, it is what it is. It's, it's tough when you don't have any creative control. You know, production has creative yeah. control. Um, I've turned down my own series many times because of the fact that, you know, I wouldn't be allowed to have input to, I don't expect to control the show by any means. I, I'm, mm-hmm. You know, that's not my thing. I'm not a producer, but, but I want to make sure that when I accept something that it will, they will listen to me and say, we trust your opinion. You know, mm-hmm. like we don't pretend to know how, what you do and vice versa. And it makes it more uh teamwork you know and i've worked with amazing producers just like that Mm -hmm. so um for me you know i don't abandon people i've had people message me honestly eight ten years later saying we just want you to know we're okay still or we want you to know that something amped up but you taught us we remembered what you taught us and we got rid of it some people that i've helped have gone on to form known paranormal groups they've gone on to help other people um, based on a lot of what I've I've taught, you know, and um, I know that even now, like, God, we we clear between forty and sixty a week, and that's um, amazing. You no, know, yeah, they're busy. No <laughs> and, kidding. Uh, but a lot of them in those in those um, in those numbers are also what I call rechecks. You know, just going mm. in and making sure because where you can get rid of something. It's surprising how there's always something else waiting to take its place. So we keep rechecking until somebody says, we're okay. And even then, it'll be a while before I, I stop making a point of checking them, you know, because I always have a little voice that says, you should check on these people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've had these people say, we're good now, you don't have to. And then I hear, I get like this message that says, you should check on these people. I'm like, really? All right. And I go in. And meanwhile, that, that person has an attachment again. And it, oh. it turns you the other way and I remove it. And then I get a message back saying, Oh, Hey, you guys are in here again. Thank you for not listening to me. <laughs> you know, uh, she goes, I feel better. I'm like, oh, all right. You know, so it's just, you know, we, we do it and we, we, uh, take it very seriously and we care about the people that we help. Even if somebody's doing it to themselves, you know, playing around with things and then they get in trouble you're like, oh man, okay. We say, please refrain from doing this. Yeah. They don't. Then they call you again, you know, and we, we just look at each other and go, really? <laughs> What's it going to take? And I'm just like, apparently it's going to take another query. So <laughs> can we do it? Or, so, or it's yeah. when you ask the client, have you dabbled in anything, Ouija board, whatever? No, no. And you know, and at the end of the investigation, well, there was at one time that we had some people over and we had the Ouija board. Oh, really? Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, but people don't realize when you remote view, and I don't kid around. I say my viewer is second to none. She is fantastic and sees literally everything. <laughs> so, no, I see this person sitting here at a board. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and then so, when I push it, they'll go, oh, well, maybe oh, I forgot about that time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Need the info. Throw me a bone. <laughs> yeah. You know, Either they're afraid to admit it or they, they're testing you to see if you're going to pick up on it. Or maybe they're afraid that you won't help them if they figured that they yeah. brought it on themselves. Right. True, yeah. And um, I don't hold prejudices. It's like no. you're all titled to your mistakes, you know. Um, some people just don't get it. Some people are so enthralled in the paranormal that they just can't seem to stay away from it. And then you get those people who are so gifted that things are drawn to them and mm-hmm. vice versa. But they just don't know how to properly ground or protect themselves from things happening to them. You know, and um, once they learn that, then they can go ahead and, and, and enjoy the full on experience, you know, but they can do it safely. Yeah. Or there's those two that are, they're so gifted, but they don't want to have anything to do with it. Yes. Yes. And you know what? Those are the ones that you always struggle clearing. <laughs> Keep going back because they're just like, I don't know what it is. The things are just so extra drawn to them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Okay, the freaking the closed <laughs> sign is up on the door, people. What are you not seeing here? <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> 
gosh, it's frustrating. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. It's definitely a journey, and um, it's a very rewarding journey. There really is nothing more rewarding than um, than somebody finally saying to you, things feel good here. The kids can sleep at night. We're not scared anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I have hours and hours and hours and hours. I mean, and I'm not kidding when I, I, I say hundreds of hours of, of just, you know, EVPs or sounds or, you know, that people send me or that I've captured myself, um, doing 17 years, you get lots of stuff, right? Yeah. But, um, it's still, it's still not as rewarding is knowing that child can sleep at night mm-hmm. or that family feels safe or those pets aren't being tormented because people you may not realize, but your pets can get attachments too. Yeah. We pulled sure. attachments from pets. Heck people don't realize that when you dabble and stuff and get attachments, if you don't get it taken care of, it could follow you into death. They don't, they want to destroy the physical, but they attach to the spirit. We have pulled attachments off of spirit people so they could ascend. Wow. That, who knew? That was I've new never for me. even heard of that. Wow. But I, I guess know. it makes sense. I know. Hmm. It, it was unbelievable. You know, um, I remember getting a voice recording, or actually it was through a ghost box and communicating with the spirit. And I'm like, I don't understand why you're not ascending. Your father's right there. And you hear the voice say, he won't let me. I'm going, who? And he goes, him, behind me. And I went, oh, I see. Okay, mm. I understand. Um, you know, and when we see a spirit in spirit form, in other cases, are very aggressive. And then we can see all this dark in front of them. You know, and I'm going, oh, my God, it's like a dark mist, which is really how we started realizing. And we just started pulling these things off. And then you see somebody just completely calm down with no recollection of very much. And um, we just said, like, you're ready to go home now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, yeah. then. Off you go. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> um, and, and that's it. it. It's, it's, you don't realize that. And I mean, seriously, you want to make a pact, you want to sell out, you want to, something attaches onto you or they attach it. These things take that very literally and very seriously into death. Hmm. I yeah. know it's crazy. It's crazy, but we've seen it. So it's mind blowing. It was for us for sure. First time I'd seen it. And I thought to myself, how many did we miss yeah. and through the years? How many did I miss like this? Mm hmm. So live and learn. See, this is what I mean by like continuously educating yourself. Mm-hmm. Just never stop learning. Just just pay attention. The signs are there. It's just I think sometimes we're just not listening and we miss things. Mm-hmm. So that was an eye-opener and lesson learned. The la- last question here because we're almost at an hour already. Woohoo. I know. <laughs> It just seems like a blink of an eye. It does. You deal with the more intense cases like we mentioned. Mm -hmm. What made you get into that? (laughs) (laughs) Self-preservation. I'm kidding. I had an attachment. (laughs) So um, for like throughout my teen years, I did into my early 20s, actually. And um, I basically learned a lot trying to remove it and clear it from myself. And then I just thought it was a thing of the past for me. And I started, you know, um, I was always intuitive and such, but I never looked beyond that. And, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, got married, had children and I shut everything off cause I really didn't want anything to do with it. I don't like the mix of children and the unknown. And mm-hmm. the fact that my children were seeing things, <clears throat> Um, bothered me and my daughter started seeing something um, not so kind and I went oh okay I'm I'm dragged back in and mm-hmm. I'm not going to let this happen again it's just not going to happen so once they got older um, I basically made the move into the field so to speak um, very gently and I just realized I could do it I say easily it really I do find it I don't find it hard I don't know why I don't find it hard. You know, maybe it's my upbringing. Maybe because I, I was 
I was around that type of an energy for so many years that it doesn't startle me mm-hmm. the same as it might startle somebody who's not used to it. I, I don't really have an answer. I just know that somewhere along the line, I was able to help people with it. And it was a work in progress. Believe me, there were some things that, you know, you tweak it. It's like, okay, I'm going to work with people. I'm going to do this. So we're going to do investigations. And then those investigations, you know, you realize things aren't really going away and you have to work with the people and together. You make it go away and it just seemed to take so long. And my waiting list just got longer and longer. And I realized at that point that you have to keep tweaking it until you find a way to be the most productive and to make it to take away the tension and the situation from the people as quickly as possible, if possible, you know, and, um, I don't know, I fell into it, I guess. And, uh, but when I say self-preservation, it was to keep my family safe because mm-hmm. I'd been through it and I'd never forgot. You'll never forget how that feels. It's almost like you're marked somehow. And I've heard other people say that who've had attachments, you know, do you feel marked? Cause I feel like I'm marked. Things could I've just come back too. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. Huh. Yeah. And, and I believe it. And, um, I think for the most part, it was to protect those that I love. And then it just, it grew from there mm-hmm. and, um, you know, to what it is now. It's a calling. I guess it is a calling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to pay attention. You can't ignore it. They never let me ignore it. Every time I would try, things would just happen and I'd be like, okay, yeah, nope, oh, you're right, okay, <laughs> so, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Fine. Just, you know, and then here we are to the product of what you have today, which is moi. <laughs> well, <laughs> Little thank you so much for everything that you do for, for so many people. Thank you for well, being on the show. You're welcome um, on both counts. But I really always like to stress that I am the one in the forefront, but I am not the only one mm-hmm. that does the work. I have an amazing team. And um, like I said, I have an amazing viewer, which makes my you know, my part of it all very easy. And um, I'm only the face that you see. That's all. Mm. Right? Before- we all, we're all part of good teams, and it's the team that puts it together. Yep. For sure. But before we, we sign off, why don't you tell uh, people where they can find you if they need to contact you? Uh, MichelleDeRoche.com is probably the easiest way through email because my Facebook gets um, backed up. I get many, many 50 or 70 private messages a day, 800 wow. notifications a day. That's yeah. just Facebook. It takes yeah. me a while to get back to people. Email is the easiest, which okay. through MichelleDeRoche.com you can email me there. Okay, and I'll be adding the link too in the show notes when this uh, when this gets uh, released. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much again, Michelle. You take care, and you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, bye bye. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to purpleplanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 